Let's pray before we start. <coughs> Lord, thank you for being the God who is there. Thank you for giving us people who struggle. Thank you for giving us so many saints who struggle. By giving them to us, you remind us that struggle is normal. And they remind us that we are not alone. You are working in weakness and you are freeing people through those chains. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 21. And here's, while you're turning there, here's the cool thing, guys. This is our last sermon, and after this, we are finished with our Philippians series. Um, it's been a 10-week series, and we took a couple weeks off for Christmas, so we've been at this thing for about 12 weeks. And so we've just kind of been grinding through Philippians a couple of verses at a time. You had some guest speakers, some very gifted guest speakers, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, and they actually spoke to you almost as much, if not more, than Bob and I did so but but we're wrapping up this series tonight and we're finishing up <clears throat> excuse me I'm be doing that a lot tonight by the way but we're finishing up tonight in Philippians chapter 4 verses 21 through 23 so three whopping verses so let's read those and then uh, and we'll move on Philippians 4 verses 21 through 23 and so this is Paul ending his love letter to the Philippian church Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All of the saints, so that's Christians, all of the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. And with that, you have read all of Philippians. So give yourselves a little hand. You guys did a great job. A little golf clap. Um, okay. Tonight we're going to talk about weakness, and we're going to talk about struggling and disappointments and frustrations. So begin to think about these things in your life. Begin to kind of go there to the things in your life that maybe you wish were different, the things that are frustrating or, or, um, or I lost the word, let's go with frustrating, the things that are frustrating in your life, the things that you wish were, were different. And now, listen, I'm going I'm to teach you a little bit, I'll tell you a story first. Um, a man's walking down the street one day and he falls into a hole. And the walls in the hole are so steep that he can't climb out. And so while he's in the hole, a doctor walks by. And the guy looks up and says, Doc, can you, can you help me out? Can you get me out of this hole? And the doctor writes him a prescription, throws it down in the hole, and leaves. Next, a priest comes by. And then the man looks up from the hole and says, Father, can you help me out? I've, I've fallen into this hole and I can't get out. And the priest writes a beautiful prayer on a piece of paper and throws it down in the hole and then leaves. And then a friend walks by. And the man at the bottom of the hole says, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out of this hole? And the friend actually jumps into the hole. Now, he's, now they're both down there. And the man looks at him and says, are you kidding me? Now we're both stuck in here. And the friend says, yeah, I know. But I've fallen in this hole before, and so I know how to get out. Paul's whole life and ministry can be summed up in one sentence. Through Jesus, when we are weak... The strength of God comes and strengthens us and others. One more time. And this is Paul's whole life and ministry. Through Jesus, when we are weak, the strength of God comes and strengthens us and others. As you guys know, so let's get into what we just read. As you guys know, Paul wrote, and help me out, my, my scholars. Um, Paul wrote the book of Philippians from where? From 
Jail. Good, guys. From prison in Rome. Good, exactly. But here's the thing. Paul also, while he was in prison in Rome, he didn't just write to the Philippian church. He wrote three other letters. He wrote to the Philippians. He also wrote the book of Philemon. Philemon in, uh, in the New Testament. He also wrote Ephesians. And he also wrote Colossians. And so while he's in prison, in the last verse of Colossians, you don't have to turn there unless you really want to. In the last verse of Colossians, Colossians 4.18, Paul says from prison, listen to this, he says, Remember my chains. He tells them to remember his chains. Well, what does that mean? Remember my chains. This, this is why he wrote that, okay? Because it's very, remember, remember the time period that we're in in this. Um, it's very likely that Paul was not just in a prison cell, okay? Like just sitting in a prison cell, right? It's very likely that since he was in prison, he had guards actually chained to him. So if you're a guard, you have, you know, you got handcuffs, your arm is chained to the prisoner and the other handcuffs on the prisoner's arm. So Paul's arms are probably literally chained to other people at this time in this prison cell. Think about that. His every, he's not just in a prison cell. His every move is on lockdown. You can't even move your arm without feeling the weight of the other person's arm with you. He could do nothing freely. This is the very definition of weakness. This is the very definition of difficulty, of uselessness. And yet, while in prison in Rome under Caesar... We get to Philippians 4, verse 22. Look at verse 22. All the saints greet you from Rome, especially those of Caesar's household. Caesar is the ruler of Rome at the time. So people from his household, it says all the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. All the Christians greet you, especially the Christians that are in Caesar's household where I am. Where, who are these Christians in Caesar's household that Paul's writing about? Listen to this. This is John MacArthur. Newly added to Christianity were those who had been led to Christ by Paul himself in Rome, including those soldiers who were chained to him while he was in prison. Including those soldiers who were chained to him while he was in prison. Flip back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 13. Philippians chapter 1, verse 13. And this is what Paul says. So that my imprisonment for the cause of Jesus has become known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. The whole prison guard knew that Paul was in jail, not because of some crime, but because he stood with Jesus Christ. And so now, thanks to Jesus... Paul's chains allowed him, Paul's chains allowed him to share the gospel with Roman soldiers day and night. They're chained to him. Literally, where else are they going to go? Thanks to Jesus, Paul's chains allowed him to share the gospel with Roman soldiers day and night until their hearts were changed by the Holy Spirit. Thanks to, and see this, thanks to Jesus, Paul's chains were used to free other people. Do you see that? He has been chained to these other people, and now they can't li- well, you can't leave. You literally are chained to the guy. He shares the gospel with these men, and they can't leave, and so eventually their hearts are changed, and they become free in Christ Jesus. Through Paul's chains, he has set other people free. When Paul was weak, Jesus was strong. And, and Jesus' strength gave Paul strength. That's what Paul means in, in 4.22 of Philippians when he says, 
Caesar's household, the Christians who have been set free through my chains, they greet you. Um, Being surrounded by Jesus' strength in the midst of your weakness is an incredible place to be. Being surrounded by Jesus' strength in the middle of your weakness, your disappointment, your frustration, your sadness, being surrounded by Jesus' strength in that is an incredible place to be. But here's the thing. Look at me. It's not a place you will ever get if you follow the way of this world. Okay? It is never, you will never experience this, this strength if you follow the way of this world. We live in a world that glorifies strength and ignores weakness. We live in a world that glorifies strength and ignores weakness. That's why we only hear testimonies of those who have had incredible victories. And we don't ever hear testimonies of people who are stuck in the rough patches. The kid overlooked at the lunch table. The team that loses all their games. Or, and this is the one that really hit me, the man who looks ridiculous because he's trying to break up a fight between two other guys. That guy just looks, he looks ridiculous, especially if he's not as strong as the two guys fighting. But while, but here's the thing, but why, and you gotta get here with me, but while the people around this guy are either laughing at him or embarrassed of him, that man who's trying to break up that fight is so much closer to the kingdom of God than the two men who are fighting, than the two strong men. This guy who looks like a fool, in his weakness, Christ's strength is there. Because it takes true strength to ignore what others think of you to do the right thing. In 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul says, When I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, so just break this little English teacher thing here. When I am weak, then I am strong. So this strength only comes after you've experienced what? Weakness. This strength only comes after weakness. This strength only comes after disappointment or frustration or sadness. Your dreams, after your dreams break, after your dreams break, that's when you realize that Jesus is better than any dream you could ever have. But it only, you only see that after your dreams break. It's good to have dreams. It's fine to have dreams. We're supposed to pursue goals and dreams, but when those things break, that's when we see that Jesus was better than them. But the world says, remember, don't go through the way of the world. The world says, heaven forbid your dreams break. That's because the world doesn't know Jesus. They don't know that he's better than your dreams because they don't know him. If they knew him, they would know that he was better and it was okay. But since they don't know him, they push, stay as far away from, from disappointment and frustration as you can because that's the bottom. But they don't understand that there is a God below the bottom that will help us. A broken dream is a chain. A disappointment in your life is a chain Just like Paul's chains. And the world is terrified of chains like this. And we do everything we possibly can to avoid those chains. To avoid disappointment. To avoid frustration. To avoid the the weird, the awkward stepping into that. We do everything we can to avoid it. 
Because, why do we do that? Because we have forgotten the Savior who takes our chains and uses them to, free, to make us more free than we were before we even had them. Let's go back again. We have forgotten the Savior who takes our chains and makes us even more free than we were before we had them. He makes us even more free through our chains. Because of Jesus, Paul's chains weren't his prison. They were his key out. God used his chains to show the world that even a prison could not hold Jesus back from saving his people. Think about, think about it. Think about Paul. How can you enslave a man who is totally free? How can you enslave a man who even his chains help him? That's the true definition of freedom. And that's what, listen to me, that's what God does for you in your chains. That's what God does for you in your disappointment, in your frustration. In your chains, He is making you free. When the chains come on, that's God's invitation to come know me more, come know me better. You've lost this part of the world. You've lost this dream. Come deeper into me. I can fix it. I can help. But you don't get there until the chains are on you. So how does he do that? How does weakness become a strength? How do chains free us? It's like, you know, it's cool. Put on the back of a t-shirt, Instagram, and all that. Gets to, Are your chains set you free. Uh, well, what, well, how? What does that mean? How do we do that? Here, and here we go. And I'm going to say it, and then I'll explain it. The key to this, how do our chains set us free? The key to, look at me, the key to this is Jesus. Okay? The key to your chains becoming free is Jesus. It's so important to understand this. You know, he's in prison and all these great things happen. Paul did not take a positive, I mean, take a negative and turn it into a positive. He didn't do that. He saw Jesus. That's different. He didn't take his detour and turn it into an adventure. He didn't do that. He saw Jesus. And that's different. And when you, when you see him, when you see him, when he causes you to be born again by his spirit, by his power, that's when your chains begin to set you free when you see Jesus clearly. How do your chains help you? How do your chains help you? Here's how. We're going to stroll down memory lane a little bit. Um, how, how many of you guys, and it may be more for, the, for my back adult crowd, how many of you guys are familiar with the story of the Velveteen Rabbit? The Velveteen Rabbit. You know, yeah, all the adults are like, yeah, the Velveteen Rabbit, okay? And I'll just, don't worry, I'll fill you in. It's not a big deal. Um, the Velveteen Rabbit is this kid's story that is just phenomenal. And it tells the story, here we go, it tells the story of a toy stuffed rabbit given to a boy at Christmas. And the rabbit, who's a toy, the rabbit desires to become real. Okay? The rabbit wants to become real. And so the wisest and oldest toy in the nursery, called the skin horse, who was owned by the boy's uncle, tells the rabbit about how toys, and here it is, about how toys magically become real due to the love they receive from their children. Okay? The love they receive from their children makes them real. Listen to this quote. And this is the toy rabbit talking to the skin horse about becoming real. Real isn't about how you're made. 
said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you when someone loves you for a long, long time. Over time, through their love, you become real. Not just to play with, but really loves you. Then you become real. Does it hurt? Asked the rabbit. Now, I'm going to stop right there. He, he, the rabbit just asked, does it hurt? Does becoming real hurt? And now what I'm about to read, think about, does it hurt? Think about chains. Think about disappointments and, and frustrations in your life. Does it hurt? Asked the rabbit, becoming real. Sometimes, said the horse. That's why it doesn't often happen to those who break easily or who have sharp edges or have to be very carefully kept. Generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair has been loved off, your eyes drop out, and you get loose in your joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except, for people who don't, except to people who don't understand. When you're real, you don't mind being hurt. It's love that makes us real. Do you, do you see this? It's love that makes us real. When God brings chains into your life, disappointments, frustrations, when God brings chains into your life, he's not punishing you. He's not mad. He's not punishing you. Picture a kid playing with their favorite toy. Is he just like sitting with it on the shelf, like looking at it? No, he's out there in the rain. Out there, you know, she spent 80 bucks on it in Disney World, so he's out there in the rain playing with this thing, shoving it into the wooden fence, trying to break it through. He's making it fly. How do you make a toy fly outside, guys? You throw it in the middle of the air, and he's getting it stuck on the roof, so dad's got to go get it and all this stuff. Uh, my sister, and not to be cliche or stereotypical, it is what it is, my sister loved Barbie growing up. That was the thing. I don't know. It was, it was what was cool, I guess. She, like, she would brush this, these jokers' hair so much that the hair would literally come out. Like she would, she just like, it was kind of scary when you think about it. But, like, but she did. She, she, but think about it. But look at this. That toy, that favorite toy, here we go. That favorite toy has been, has been through it. But that is evidence of how much the child loves that toy. While so many other toys look pristine and they've never had anything happen to them, that's because they're sitting on the shelf untouched. The, 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 the marks and the tears on the toy, the kind of shabby look on the toy, that's evidence of how much the child loves that toy. He's making it real. The chains that you experience, the disappointments, the rough stuff that you go through, when you see them as Paul did, when you see them through the eyes of Jesus, you realize that God is using your chains to make you real. He's pouring love into you to make you free. He's breaking your, he's breaking your dreams so that he can show you he's better than all of your dreams. Your dreams of the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Your dreams of the state championship or a valedictorian of all these things. He, he breaks these dreams to show you he's better. What if I told you he's better than having a boyfriend? What if I told... But seriously, what if that's true? Just think about that. What if that's true? 
What if he really is better than having a girlfriend? That's not to say you'll never get one, but when you get one, you'll understand where it should be in your life. He's breaking your dreams so that he can show you that he's better than all of them. In Ephesians chapter 3 and Philemon chapter 1, remember Paul wrote these both from from where again? Prison in Rome. He wrote them. And he's a prisoner in Rome. But in Ephesians chapter 3 and and Philemon, Philemon, gracious, chapter 1, Paul shows us and he says, I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He doesn't say he's a prisoner in Rome. He's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Paul knew that Jesus put these chains on him so that Paul could focus on the freedom he had in Christ. Paul is literally chained to another person in a jail in a town he's not from. He has no more freedom in the world. The only place he has to look is up. Does that make sense? And this is what God does when he takes away things around you. He's, he's, he's kindly moving your gaze upwards to him. He's not punishing you in anger. God was loving Paul, putting his hands on Paul like the boy puts his hands on the toy that he loves. God was making Paul real. Here's another thing about chains. Um, the movie a lot. The movie Inside Out, right? 2015, okay? Great year, great flick. Um, you've got the two, and if those of you who haven't seen it, it's fine. Don't don't freak out. The the two characters, joy and sadness, right? They're so funny. They're they're off on their own, trying to get back, right? And they run into your boy Bing Bong, the imaginary friend, right? Okay, they run into the imaginary, and they run into the imaginary friend, right? But there comes this part in the movie where the imaginary friend is sitting kind of on the edge, and he's very he's very sad. He's very down in the dumps, right? Come back. He, he's very sad. He's very down in the dumps. He doesn't think it's going to work and all these other things. But we got to get moving. And so joy comes. And joy's like, come on, we got to go. Let's get up. We got to go. Let's get up now. We got to leave. Come on, let's go. And nothing, just be happy. Just be happy. Come on. And nothing is working, right? Nothing is working. The, the guy is not going to move. So she leaves. She's frustrated. And then, then what happens though? Then who sits next to him? Sadness comes and sits next to him. And sadness is able to be patient with him and talk with him. The character of sadness is able to listen to him and help him feel better. Sadness helps him feel better. This chain is helping this man get free. Here's here's the deal with chains and here's how they help us as well. Not only does Christ give you the chance to show his freedom in your chains, but here's the thing, guys, and it's good to learn this now before later. If you don't have chains, you'll never be able to help anyone else out of theirs. If you don't have chains, you'll never be able to help anybody else out of theirs. They're not saying you've got to sit in your chains all day and, you know, sad music and all. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you've never experienced a disappointment, you're never going to be able to help somebody who's disappointed. If you've never experienced frustration, you're never going to be able to help somebody else who's frustrated. In Christ, by giving us chains, He is setting us free to show His glory and help other people. Does that make sense? The guy who fell into the hole before, now he knows the way out. He can jump down in there and help people get out. But he would never be able to do that if he hadn't fallen in the hole. 
The hole was a mercy to him and to other people. Falling, look at me, falling in the hole was a mercy. So why though? Why are Christians free in their chains? This only works for Christians. Why are Christians free in their chains? The answer again is Jesus. And here's why. Here's why Christians are free in their chains. Because as a Christian, the thing that was supposed to bring us death gave us life. The thing that was supposed to bring us death gave us life. The cross is death. The cross was meant to chain us forever. But now, what's, what's, what is on every church steeple ever? What is it? What's in the back of every baptistry? A what? The cross. The cross has become the symbol, this, the, the ultimate chain has become the symbol of our freedom because of what Jesus did on it. The cross is the greatest example of weakness becoming strength. The world sees the cross and says, how horrible. Can you imagine the pain? How lonely it must be up there. The Christian says all those things too about the cross being horrible and painful and lonely. But then the Christian says, you know, it was supposed to be me up there. But he took it for me and now I'm free. Now every broken dream, every disappointment, every frustration, every tool that death would use now makes us more alive, more real, more free. Through Christ, you can have this ultimate freedom. And through Him alone, I pray that His light will shine on you tonight.